Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. That has been, for some of you, this is your eighth time together to share and talk about the power of decisions. For some of us, it's been something that's gone on for a lifetime. And I need to have a true confession moment. I love decisions. Oh, they, I just get excited with the idea of decisions. I'll have good decisions, bad decisions, ugly decisions. It's just, it's just a huge topic to me that we could come together for the next 52 weeks and spend this time together and still just barely be touching the surface. And, and so I'm sharing that so that if I get too excited, you guys will just understand and just give me a little space and, and, and maybe a little forgiveness if I, go, if I get to be a little, um, little something that maybe you don't like. But I just really feel like decisions are so, so much fun and so powerful. And so it's something I'm truly passionate about. And so when I look at the Power of Decision book, because I first was introduced to it back in 1994, and it's an older piece than that. It was such a powerful influence in my life as I was a practitioner and in my journey and even now as a minister. But there's, when I got to, to this part of the, of the book, I was looking at what is Bark, Charles Barker trying to say tonight? And what I kind, came to was, this is the chapter he goes, okay, now what? We know all, we spent seven weeks talking about decisions. Now what? Or what's next? What's next about this idea of decisions? And so that's where I'm going to start. And what I also will be doing is that as we get, as I get to the end, is that I'm going to share some ideas about creating a toolkit for how we approach our decisions and understanding and evaluating and revisiting our decisions. Because that's something else that, I'm, that will, I believe that decisions um, are never one and done. We're always looking at our decisions over and over again. And let's just be more conscious about how we do that. So, so why do I say that Barker is telling us that um, there's more to it or what's this what's next? And Emma is going to post a quote in the chat that I'm going to read now. It's from chapter eight. And it's where I'm drawing from tonight. And here it goes. You have gained a greater self-acceptance, a greater faith in yourself. All this makes for easier living. You no longer run around in the circles of questions and doubts. You make immediate decisions and follow through with immediate right action. There is no more hesitancy on your part. You know, decide, and act. And that's Guinness um, in chapter eight and towards the end. And I found that and I looked at it and said, okay, what does this mean? Now, the first time I read that way back when, it was like, what does he mean? No, decide and act. I mean, that's just, that's like saying, you know, just go pray. It didn't strike me as having any depth to it. But when I look at it now, after all these decades of playing with decisions and, and different spiritual practices, I think there's a real wisdom here that I want to share tonight. 
And this is where I want, want to go with it. Barker says, we know, decide, and act. He's saying decisions is a process. It's a moving thing. It's, it's something that's alive that we have to repeat over and over again. It's not once and done. We're always repeating this no, decide, and act. No, decide, and act. And then we have decisions in various places of our lives. So we've got multiple no, decides, and acts going on. So we live in a web of this process. And it truly is a process and it leads to more decisions and it allows us to continue to, to explore the idea of decisions. And it's also not linear. We're all humans, we have free will. There is nothing linear about our lives. And so our, the decision process also has this character of sometimes seeing like, where did that come from? And he talks about that in this chapter as well, but we don't have time for that tonight, but ask me later. So what I can focus on tonight in this first part of our, our time together is I want to focus on no. I'm an evidence guy. I'm in business. I'm always looking for evidence. And that to me ties in very closely with no. And it's important to recognize no for what it is, because it's a truth that no matter what, there will be a knowing regarding decisions you make. It's up to us to choose who does the knowing. We can do it ourselves, or I promise you the law of karma and spirit will also provide a knowing. And who besides me has had that knowing show up as a two by four? Uh, it's, you know, so I, so I found it's better for me to help with the knowing than it is just to wait for the, the gentle reminding and prodding of spirit. And so with knowing, I'm also, um, I, I really love the work of Emma Curtis Hopkins and her scientific Christian mental practice first six steps come into play for me here. And that's step five in, in, in scientific Christian mental practice is looking for evidence. And with evidence, we're looking to see both what happened and also to see for things that didn't happen and also to look with new eyes and to try and, and to be aware of what it is that we're seeing. I like to look for evidence that I didn't expect and evidence I did expect, but evidence is simply collect, it's a collection process. It's not about evaluating it or calling it good or bad. The evidence is just collecting it because how that's important is that Who's made a good decision recently? Nobody? Oh, come on. There we go. A few hands. Who's made a decision that was meh? Okay. And who's made a nice, ugly decision? I got one of those. Yeah, some of those too. So the, our, our evidence shows up across the board in good, bad, and ugly of things we like, things we don't like. And all of that is evidence for us to collect for looking to understand and, and deepen our knowing of how decisions are unfolding for us and what our decisions are doing in our lives. Understanding, also part of knowing, is can mean different things to different to people. It, mostly for me, it means I look at the evidence and then I take it into a place of contemplation or meditation, reflection, 
I may take it into my prayer partner and talk about it there, or if it's appropriate, a business partner. But I look at that evidence and I look to understand it and be open to ways of looking at it from different perspectives, change the look a little bit, but just to begin to gain a new way of seeing what's happening. So I look for what's happening and I also look for ways to understand it and understand more behind it. It's, it's um, because what I know in looking for evidence that we learn as much from the bad as we do from the good. And a lot of times I've learned more from the bad than I ever learned from the good. Because unfortunately, we tend to dismiss the goods. We say, oh, it worked, next. And yet, how often do we look and say, it worked? What was so, what was so powerful about this one that it worked this way? Ask a different question. Because I really believe that this looking at our evidence looking at our understanding and becoming to knowing is part of what I uh, wanted to say earlier and forgot, is creating a structured plan to revisit and evaluate our decisions. To actually have a plan to look at what happens from a decision that you make. And again, that's part of the knowing and it's part of if you do it, then you get help from spirit. If you don't do it, you get help from spirit either way. So let's talk about a structured plan. That sounds really exciting, doesn't it? Everybody want a structured plan? Yeah. No, that sounds like another one of those spiritual practice kind of things you're supposed to do. But anyway, a structured plan for me, I'll just share what I, how I use this. I'm looking for something that's replaceable. I mean, excuse me, repeatable and sustainable and something that I'll actually do. That's the idea of a structured plan for me relative to looking at, de at decisions. So the best way to explain it is to share what I do. And here's my, my plan for looking at my decisions. What I found over the years was that journaling is something that is really a spiritual practice for me. And it's been a, and I started doing it, I think, before I even knew it was a spiritual practice. But it gives me a way to get in touch with myself and, and in different ways. But when I journal each morning, I start with some gratitudes. And then I move into looking at, as part of that, I look at the day before journal intentions. I'm looking to see, you know, here were my intentions for the day that I put in my journal. Did, how did I do? How did they work out? Did, did I check them off? Is it a work in process? Or am I looking at it going, man, what was I thinking when I wrote that one down? But that is a way to look at those intentions as like, because they're decisions. These are the things I decide I want to do. And how did they turn out? And by looking at them with, um, I begin to see what part I played in that, what part with God, where did God take care of it? And here's a good example of that, is that I realized that this year with everything that's going on, I've gotten a little too easily distracted sometimes. The squirrels running around the room were getting my attention too much. And I turned, made a decision and turned it over to God and said, God, we got to focus. We got a lot to get done. And 
when I look back, it's like when I made that decision and really made it from a, from a partnership with spirit and turning it over to God to help and to be in charge of it, the squirrels all went into hibernation. For the last month, a month and a half, I have I finished my day and it's like the squirrels never showed up. Somehow that decision allowed me to focus in a new way in my in my day. And and I rec and the beauty is I recognize that so I can continue to affirm it and give more energy to the outcome that I've desired instead of just checking it off. So, so I, I use the journal as just an easy way for me to stop and say, where am I in my decisions? How are they working out? And what do I know about the ones that didn't work out? What happened? And sometimes I look at it and say, oh, I didn't really want that anyway. But it's, it's still that part of the process. Now, I want to share something about this evaluation and structural plan. Structured plan is that any of this kind of work is better with a really cool, good toolkit. And so I want to share some ideas about a toolkit that I think are kind of fun and will make it easier to deal with decisions and, and be able to stay in rapport with them. First off, about a toolkit, it should be personal to you. It needs to be your tools, the tools that you want to work with. My toolkit's not going to work for you but yours will. And a toolkit should include the right tools. You don't want a bag full of just hammers. Truth hammers hurt. We don't want to have, we want to have tools, plural, tools that will work for us and the right that you know, we can use for the situation. So we want to have a, a, a nice assortment in there. And it's good to pick tools and a toolkit that's going to be accessible to you wherever you are. Because if your toolkit's in the garage and you're downtown, it's just really not going to be much help. But if it's a toolkit that you basically can carry in your pocket almost, it's always there for you when you're looking to, to take and, and examine your, your decisions or examine anything. Because And again, this plan and these tools will work, work across all three results for your decisions. So for the moment, what I want to do is share as part of this toolkit, here's some ideas of what I think should be in your toolkit. First off, I recommend an extra large bottle of compassion. Compassion for yourself. Compassion for those around you. Looking at the decisions and the results of decisions is hard work. And we want to have that compassion for ourselves both for the good so that we can truly celebrate the good results and for the ones that didn't turn out so well. So we can be compassionate for our efforts and for ourselves with that. I also recognize that we're a human. We're all human in this, in this journey. And we're going to have those human emotions like regret. Now here's what I recommend with regret. You get one of those little tiny bottle, one, one little vial of regret. Single use, small. And whenever you need to feel a little regret, you pull out the list single use file and you just have a moment of regret. That regret may be because you didn't make a big enough decision. It may be because of what came out or you didn't make a decision. But regret is a way of gaining information. It's, a, a way, it's evidence. So we honor that moment as a moment 
And let, let that be a teaching moment for us. For, and the reason I want to say stress single use is we don't want to carry regret with us going forward. Don't put that in your toolkit or in, you know, too much of that on your backpack. I also recommend the Costco size of gratitude because gratitude brings so much in energy when, into our lives. Gratitude for the good stuff, gratitude for the not good stuff, but gratitude for the chance to look at our intention, look at our decisions and to be informed and to know and to make more decisions. And finally, please add a big bag of humor. Just fill it full of humor because I tell you, when I look at some of the decisions I made, if I can't laugh, I'm going to cry. So you bring humor, let, let humor inform how the decisions have gone. Let humor inform some of the reactions, but bring humor in as well. So these are just a couple of suggestions for what to include in your toolkit. And so as I come to the conclusion of this part of the talk, I'd like to just share this with you. And this is kind of my call to each of us tonight. First off, make decisions. Make lots of decisions. It's your birthright. We are created by God to make decisions in this world. So make decisions, make new decisions, make more decisions. And then use your, your, your standardized plan, your structured plan, whatever you call it, and toolkit to work with your decisions in ways that allow you to grow in understanding and connection to God and your source. Pulling all, that's when it, pulling all that together so that our decisions continue to evolve and allow us to be one to make more of them, to make better decisions, and to be able to honor the ones that aren't, don't turn out the way we wanted them to. So that concludes the talk part of this. So Emma, you can hit stop record.